Hey, LA football fans, the Left Coasters here. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And if you enjoy the three of us bantering over NFL football, please feel free to give us a like on SoundCloud. Head to Apple Podcasts and give us a review and help this podcast grow. You can also find us at theleftcoasterspodcast.com. And guys, get ready for a show. Before we begin, a poem by Langston Hughes. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? Or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? The Green Bay Packers have certainly exploded. And you're listening to a very downtrodden host in Tony Cavallo in week 16 of the Left Coasters podcast. I'm joined by Brian the Ballerina Balzarini and his Detroit Lions who are fighting for the playoffs. I'm joined by Matthew Dangles D'Angelo Antonio and his New England Patriots who, by the hair on their chinny-chin-chins, crept by the Pittsburgh Steelers in a crazy ending of what was probably the game of the week. Boys, welcome to week 16. We're almost there. We're almost to the playoffs. Left Coasters podcast will be doing the intro section right now. We have the Battle for LA coming later with the Rams just taking their big old dong out and showing it to the world in Seattle. Stamping and it. the Chargers not doing so in Kansas City. And then we will also have the Pick'em section at the end where the other two hosts again are fighting, fighting for that crown. Boys, how you feeling coming into today? I'm pretty good. I thought I had a better week than I did. I, I really felt like I edged Brian out this week, but uh, the results... Unfortunately, don't show that, and he's taken another week uh, under the W column. So yes, I, I'm still hanging around, I think, within a couple of games. So there's still room to move, but uh, I need to make some smart picks this week, and I need to you know, continue doing what I've been doing to keep pace. Two more weeks, man. We got two more weeks. I got to give you a lot of credit, Tony, for last week's episode, and now um, have, having watched Aaron Rodgers throw three picks— mm-hmm. You showing up here mm-hmm. and giving that lovely little haiku, I'm 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 very much impressed. So kudos to you for taking for taking it, and um, I'm sorry your Mac couldn't couldn't do better. He did not return. No, he did not. He did not. Well, return. he did. Let, let's just. Let's, I mean, in fairness, three they, touchdowns. They, they and, did only lose by a score. Yeah. Very true. Give you him know, a little bit. This of wasn't like a, this wasn't like a forty-two to seven affair like we saw in Seattle with the Rams just running roughshod all over the Seahawks. Absolutely. But what did happen? What explain to me what 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 went wrong for the Green Bay? Packers. Well, you see, I'm not going to harp on it too long because it's stuff I've been talking about all year, but what had happened was we simply didn't run the ball enough. The Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones were averaging great yards per carry, and we let Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback who was coming off of a surgically repaired throwing shoulder, throw the ball way too many times. His three interceptions, Brian, were to his three studs of wide receivers, and all three of them were open. All three of them had steps on their defender, and the balls all three times were underthrown. Credit to Carolina. 
Credit to Cam Newton, who played an amazing game, and credit to Christian McCaffrey, who just scat-backed the crap out of us. Mm -hmm. He destroyed us in that screen pass, short pass game. So good on Carolina. Green Bay fell apart. And the only silver lining I can have, gentlemen, is hopefully, hopefully, this means McCarthy is gone. It's certain that Aaron Rodgers will not play again this season. It's certain that Devontae Adams will not play again this season after a terrible, terrible hit by Thomas Davis, who should be suspended the two games they decided to suspend him. And, uh, yeah, that's the only silver lining is hopefully Dom Capers and Mike McCarthy are out the door and we get some new coaches in there because I feel like new blood is needed in that Green Bay franchise. So Here's, hold, here's hoping. So you're convinced Aaron Rodgers doesn't play another snap this year? Oh, absolutely convinced. Uh, with Atlanta winning on Monday night, Green Bay is officially eliminated from the playoffs, and that's all she wrote. I why why risk the chance? Believe me, that is music to my ears with my Detroit Lions still contending. Yes. Two tough games with that yes. last game. So that's that's great news to us. But i got to tell you what, man. I think the Green Bay Packers better start putting some some of their eggs in the, um, in the draft into their defensive basket. Because Cam Newton ripping off 20 for 31, 242 yards, and four touchdowns. It was bad. It was really, really bad. The team needs a secondary. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) if it's the secondary. I will not say that. There's a lot of people missing from that game in the secondary. Kevin King, Devon House, to name a few. Quentin Randall from very early in the season gone. I think the team needs to focus on a pass rush. And for all the commercials he does, Clay Matthews does nothing for that defense. He may be the leader in the locker room, and he may be vocal on the field, but he played like absolute dog shit in that Carolina game. And I I think you can pay that money to three other players and get better production than Clay Matthews. I mean, I think there's a reason why we haven't been hearing him talked about as a defensive force, a dominant defensive force, the way that we did, you know, back not. in 2008, maybe He's 9, 10, because exactly right. He's a, new, a new scheme would help and some new blood in that defensive line would help. I, I, but yeah, I don't want to talk about Green Bay anymore because there's no use to. They're not a factor in this year's NFL season. Let's talk about some teams that was. Diggity Dangles, what do you have to say about your New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers, man? My man, that was quite a finish there. You know, I have to be honest with you. At first glance, I thought that was a catch, and I was very upset. I was screaming at the television in my in-laws' house and and trying not to wake up various numbers of small children who were napping, in, of course. And <laughs> Dangles, all. Dangles as, is, of course, talking about I'm, the Jesse James play at the end of the game where Jesse James catches the ball in air quotes at the one and tr- uh, puts it over the goal line but loses it on the way to the ground. Reviewed, called no catch. Which was ultimately the right call uh, according to the NFL's yes. catch rule, which I fully agree, and I'm not, I don't think anybody would argue that the NFL's catch rule is is convoluted. It doesn't make any sense. No. It's dumb. And and what we what we as football fans understand as a catch, and what the NFL's rulebook defines as a catch, are two vastly different things. One of which makes sense. The other one doesn't. I'm a Patriots fan, and I'm going to sit here and tell you right now that should be ruled a yeah. catch. But we've seen it before uh, with Des Bryant. It's the almost the exact same play. Yes. And 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 it's because Jesse James. For those of you who aren't familiar with the rule, the ball he was not a runner at this point. He was still a receiver. So the pass was never even technically complete, despite the fact that he caught it and turned towards the end zone and broke the plane before his knee went down. The ball did not survive the process of the catch, which includes hitting the ground. So basically what it comes down to is, yes, the rule is bullshit, but you want to catch the ball? Hang on to it. Here's the thing, Dangles, uh, and that what you just said, I think, encapsulates the problem that the NFL faces, because this whole weekend, and it's been the whole season, but this weekend in particular, has had a lot of games that the refs made calls that I guess by the rulebook were correct but by the v- 
viewer, we were going, what is happening? Me personally, I have probably watched more NFL football than anything else I've done in my life. I, if I have to say I'm an expert at anything, it's that dissecting the NFL football game. I may not be good at picking who's going to win, but I know <laughs> what I'm talking about when I'm watching football. I've done it more than anything else in my entire life. And me sitting there, some of these calls that I saw this weekend, Gene Steratore using an index card to tell if it was a first down in the Dallas-Oakland game, the Geronimo Allison catch that turned into a fumble, this Jesse James play. I'm just stunned over and over again at the fact that me, I if I cannot figure out what is going on in the football field, how is the layman? How is the average NFL fan? And I think the bigger problem is, and the reason why the NBA is catching up in popularity to the NFL, is the fact that the NBA is played the same on the playground as it is in the main sport. If the ball goes in the hoop, it's worth two fucking points. It's that simple. It's that simple. So the NFL needs to decide that if that Des Bryant play happened when me and us were playing flag football, it would have been great catch, Des Bryant. You got the touchdown. That Jesse James happens when we're playing college football or we're playing in the backyard growing up, that's a touchdown. It just needs to be simplified and just all of these words in a rule that happens so fast at the blink of an eye, it needs to be simplified, the rule itself, for us to understand at fans sitting at home that, oh yeah, that's a play that happened. I know exactly what happened. So my question to you two gentlemen is, where do you go from here? There has to be changes put in place for the, some of these rules in the NFL. The fact that the, the index card thing where they, uh, they had a first down in Dallas and they had to use an index card to see if it was a first down... Tennis, pro tennis has been using uh, um, electro chips in the ball and on the court for years now. Yeah, yeah. Soccer has been using goal line technology for years now. The NFL is a billion, multi-billion dollar corporation. How do you not figure this out and have goal line technology on there? What would you two do? I know what I would do, but what would you two do to change these rules and make it more easier for the fan fit, sitting at home to realize what was going on? I definitely think there should be the use of technology. I don't think I, I don't think football is the purest sport. It's not baseball. Even baseball uses some kind of technology. I mean, these guys are doing the best they can. I don't blame mm. any of those refs. Kudos on the refs for doing a really wonderful job This, these last couple games. They've been doing well, making great calls. However, on the other side of the fence, I, I, I don't think the NFL is helping them out by making this easy. Michael Lombardi tweeted uh, today that this is a Patriot uh, rule by Bill Belichick himself that Patriot players are forbidden from extending at the pylon or while falling across the goal line in the process of a catch. Belichick has made it clear that they will be benched if they do that. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, so here's the thing. Yes, it sucks. Those rules suck. But if you are a coach, a great coach, you coach your players up. To know the, to the rules. Rule books. Yes, yeah, that's absolutely a Belichick staple. So I don't think some of these rules need to change per se. I just think that it's 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 terrible that the rule comes out in a in a play like that. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. as fans we don't know these rules and, and maybe we're not supposed to, but. Bill Belichick knows those rules, and he coaches his players up. That's why you'll never see a Patriot player in that position. That's amazing. I didn't know that stat. Dangles, my man. I mean, uh, that also goes to the Derek Carr at the end of that Dallas game Absolutely. extending over the goal Absolutely. line. Absolutely. And you have that rule where he fumbles the ball out of the back of the end zone, touchback the and other way. And there he is at the podium talking about how sick he is. in the Packers game. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey caught a ball in the end zone, that, yeah. and he came down on his head, and it was called incomplete. Yeah. It was the exact same thing. So he, then what would, mean, you, what would you do to change it? Well, I like the technology, but the NFL... I think what this really comes down to is the NFL needs to sit down and have a serious conversation about what a catch is. They need to take all of these 
instances, the Des Bryant catch, this game, all the other ones that have, because there have been a, a number of, I just, I can't remember them all. The because Calvin Johnson. Been, Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Johnson. It's yeah. happened to each one, of, it's happened to or against each one of our teams at some point. The NFL needs to take all of these instances and all of the backlash from them and all of the alternate explanations and sit down and hammer out what a catch is actually is in a way that makes sense because the rule right now that doesn't they need to call it something else because catching the ball <laughs> is not what this rule defines no it's catching the ball with a bunch of caveats assuming that you're riding a unicycle and balancing six plates on your head at the same time there might as well be all of these extra little yeah. you know stipulations to it because that's you can catch the ball but only if you've got one knee in the air and only if you haven't already you know put your butt on the ground but if your elbow it's like it's just none of it makes any sense Really and it goes down to the, the idea of completing the process. Because then the question becomes, when is it officially done, and when is it? Yeah. When when is that process completed? Yeah. Uh, from its from its from its initial uh, uh, catch. That's where things kind of get goofy for me personally. Because if you've got the ball across the goal line, but and you have possession of the ball while crossing the goal line, but then somehow balancing or or or, or landing, you, you, the ball comes loose when you hit the mm-hmm. ground. That's when things kind of get subjectively weird as as a fan. So Tony Tony Dungy, you know, he he said any anywhere else, that's a touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. Flag football, college football, youth football. Yeah. It's a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere else. <laughs> uh, I I have a suggestion on yes. how it would change this rule. And this Do comes tell. this comes from Bill Barnwell. He he made the he had the egg of the idea and I'm making a little twinge to it. And uh, I need you to open up your minds listening at home when you listen to this because it sounds crazy, but if you think about it, if you think about especially the entertainment value of it, I think you'll be on board from this. Bill Barnwell proposed that you take 32 former players from each of the NFL franchises, wide receivers and defensive backs. You take 32 of them, and every Sunday you stick them in a room somewhere in California or New York City, and you have them watching all of these games. And when a play like this happens, where it's whether it's a catch or not a catch, you cut to this room and they have 60 seconds to make a decision on themselves, all 32 of them. And it's a democratic process. I love it. Vote yes, it's a catch. Or no, it's not a catch, and you throw them on TV. Imagine Red Zone cutting to this to on the last on the last play of the New England game. Imagine Red Zone cutting to this room of 32 former players voting yes or no, yes or no. Keep the votes private so you don't know who's voting what. But give me the give me like a stat counter of the two columns rising slowly, one on the left, one on the right. Yes, no, yes, no. My caveat is, don't do it with former players. Do it with current diehard NFL fans from each franchise, where each franchise gets to propose, nominate, and vote for their representative in this room of 32 people, 32 average Joes from across the land that love their team so much that they're in this room and all they have to do is press yes or no on whether it's a catch or not a catch, school them up on the rules, and you put them on TV. You put that on TV, it's the best reality show on that's been ever created. Kardashians or this, I'd watch this every day. Every day. So that's my proposition it's never going to happen tony but that's my no. proposition Tony, you think any new york giant fan would ever vote in favor that's of why there's new 32 york, of them uh, that's new why there's 32 of them that's why there's 32 I still, of them I, you lost me you lost you had me until up until we brought the fans in oh the no players the players you don't think are, the players like, have a bias as well no, oh, cool. but I think they understand the, but they're the game on a level. They understand the game on a level that a fan never can. I don't know. I about would. That. I, I would, disagree. There. I would actually raise Why? the How player is... to Hall of Famers. 
Could you mm. imagine Michael Michael Irvin, uh, uh, Troy Aikman, uh, uh, Marshall Falk, all these incredible icons who know the game better than anybody talking talking about it being more than just a game? It's it's just it's. it's I a, feel like my that would my, be my my holding back with the players is you're gonna get a lot of those players that would come out and say back in my day that was a catch, but this day blah 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 well, blah. Well, the whole problem the fans with know that, the product today. Yeah, the whole problem with that structure though is it, it just interjects more subjectivity into absolutely, it, which is terrible. Which my, is what you don't the want. reason. The reason why I want the fans is because yours truly is throwing his hat in to be the first nomination to be the Green Bay Packers representative oh, of course. in the room for this There's game. There's always an ulterior I would motive. Be, it would be truly an honor, <laughs> Packers fans at home, so please give me your vote. I, we appreciate that suggestion. Uh, there you we'll, go. we'll definitely write one to Goodell and see what he says. <laughs> I'll be I'll be right in. Compliments of the Left Coasters podcast. And uh, that's all we have. Yeah. That's all we have yeah. for the intro section. <laughs> I have these two other hosts stupefied, but let's move on to uh, America's favorite game, and that is gravestones. Left coasters. And now for everyone's favorite game of the Left Coasters, it's time for gravestones. In this game. Each host picks a team each week that they believe will not make the NFL playoffs this year. We've been doing it since the beginning and have amassed a grave pool, a pool of which all these hosts have killed once a week. That grave pool in the AFC consists of the Bengals, the Chargers, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Texans, and the Colts. In the NFC, it's the 49ers, Bears, Giants, Cardinals, Tampa Bay, and the Washington Redskins. This week's order will be Brian first, Dangle second, and myself third, and uh, we each will be killing two teams, two teams, this week. So without any further ado, give it up for Gravestones. Mr. Ballerina, in past weeks you have killed the Denver Broncos, the Buffalo Bills, and the Green Bay Packers. For your first selection this week, you will choose the Tennessee Titans. Wow. Wow. Goners. At eight and six, sitting on the outskirts of the wild card. Right now, they're set to play the Rams next week and the Jaguars. They need to win out to secure that wild card spot. They're not beating Jacksonville. They're not beating Jacksonville? Not even close. And they're surely not beating the Rams. They're an 8-8 eight eight team, mm-hmm. which means they're not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, big pick. D'Angelo Antonio, in past weeks you've killed the Dallas Cowboys, the Oakland Raiders, and the Detroit Lions. Your selection this week. First this week, I will be killing the Buffalo Bills. Tony's excited. Tony's very excited because it, it works things out for him, and this is really the only thing he has left to hang his hat on because he's done so miserably at the Pick'em this year. Uh, I just don't see it for the Bills. They are not a consistent team. I think we've all seen that, and uh, for those reasons, I'm killing the Buffalo Bills. That's really difficult. Both of you have killed a AFC wildcard potential victor. In past weeks, I've killed another AFC wildcard in Baltimore Ravens. I've killed Oakland, and I've killed Detroit. But this week, another poem by Robert Frost. We don't have much time. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves of flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so, da- so dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold 
can stay. Just kill the Packers, man. Yes, would you Good please? night, Green Bay. Just kill them. God. Brian, you're up next. Everything's gotta be Good so written. Damn dramatic of you. Next, I'm killing the Oakland Raiders. Just, yeah, gone. Dangles, go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm still, I'm still irritated. Uh, well, I wanted to save them for second, but I knew uh, that wasn't going to be the case. So uh, it leaves me with no choice. Uh, I have to kill the Atlanta Falcons. What? The what? Atlanta Falcons? Yeah. Not oh three God. teams can't come out of that division. I'm sorry. Somebody's got to lose. Oh, that's why you shouldn't have killed Detroit. Well, really quick, I'm going to save my go-home free card for next week. I'm keeping Denver alive because this week I'm killing those Seattle Seahawks. I don't believe they're going to win against Dallas this week, Mm-mm. and I don't believe they're going to make the playoffs. I definitely think Atlanta's beating them out. So, Seattle, you are dead, and with that, that is gravestones. But first, let us hang our head for the Oakland Raiders, who we have now all put into the ground. Good night, Oakland. And now we are back for the battle for Los Angeles. This is where we'll be breaking down the Rams game and the Chargers game that lie ahead because both these teams are fighting for the playoffs. But first, guys, we have a special announcement. The Battle for LA section is brought to you by Helmet.World, your custom helmet go-to player. If you want to go get an NFL helmet or anything on an NFL helmet, mini helmet, regular size helmet, my man David Boza is going to hook you up. He's Helmet.World on Instagram. He's Helmet.World on Facebook. Very affordable prices for these dope, beautiful-looking helmets. And uh, we may have some swag coming the left coaster's way with some designs that the ballerina Balzarini has sent over. And these helmets are legitimate. They are hard-hitting. You can look like a fool in your office, and they are cool as shit. They're chrome. They're plated. You can do whatever color, whatever scheme you want. Helmet.world on Instagram. Helmet.world on the Facebook. Can't wait to see what he's cooking up for us. Now let's do the battle for LA. Week 16, the battle for Los Angeles. My name is Tony Cavallo. I'm with Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. This is where we talk about the Rams and the Chargers, and we are the Left Coasters, and this is the Left Coasters podcast. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter under the same name. We are the Left Coasters podcast at gmail.com for all and any inquiries. But let's break down. One team went up, one team went down to the ground this week. Let's talk about the Chargers first, and they lost at Kansas City. Hit me with the stats dangles. Yeah, they had a chance to uh, potentially grasp the division, to get a stranglehold on it, and to make their case for the playoffs, and they blew it. They really they did. absolutely blew it in every way, shape, and form. 30-13 to 13 was your final from Arrowhead. Uh, the Chiefs uh, route the Chargers. Uh, Phillip Rivers, 227 yards on 20 completions uh, of 36 tries. Uh, one touchdown and three interceptions, and that did not help them uh, not, uh, with the, all of those turnovers. Melvin Gordon, 19 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. He was also their leading receiver with six catches for 91 yards. Uh, Alex Smith seemed to get back on track, 231 yards and two touchdowns on 23 completions. And Kareem Hunt. Unbelievable day. There you go, Tony. Your fantasy team must have been happy this weekend with Kareem Hunt and Todd Gurley. 24 carries for a buck 55 and a touchdown for Kareem Hunt this big week. Day. And then Tyreek Hill, another big day for him, five catches on 88 yards uh, and a touchdown. So um, not not you know not what you wanted to see if you're if your Chargers fans really hoping for the playoffs because this effectively eliminates them from playoff contention. Very deflating. It would be very difficult for them to get a wild card. They'd have to win out and Kansas City lose out for them to get the division. Either way, deflating, deflating day 
for the Los Angeles Chargers. Broad guy, what'd you, what'd you take away from this, buddy? What's what's the hope lying ahead? Is it time to pack up and look towards next season, or would you want him to keep fighting? Well, clearly keep fighting, but I, I, I think this is another example of why Phillip Rivers is a flawed, good quarterback. You have him play the way he played two weeks ago, and then you have him play this week. And it's the perfect example of why your your family had or your father and and all of his friends, including yourself, had a hard time agreeing on whether this guy is a Hall of Famer or 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 because you never know who you're going to get with him. True. At the same time, where was jo- where was Joey Bosa and and yeah, and there was no pass rush in this there game was zero. whatsoever. Alex Smith had all day long one to sack. throw the football all day one, one sack. sack that'll not do the job against the Kansas City Chiefs. They only pressured him three times. Unbelievable. And you know who gets a huge tip of the hat and that's Matt Nagy remember that name Matt Matt Nagy the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs who is currently sitting atop the coaching uh, carousel not named uh, Josh McDaniels um, for for a head coaching job next year Uh, he has been fantastic as an offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs and what he's done with Kareem Hunt he, I mean, he neutralized both the pa- uh, key pass rushers for the for the Los Angeles Chargers, including um, you know Mitchell Schwartz, who just shut down Joey uh, from the start of this game. Uh, it's it's extremely impressive. And like Tony pointed out last week, they just they they razzle and dazzle you with all this stuff, but really all they're doing is the simplest simplest uh, of plays. Um, stretch plays and and streaks it's it was incredible to watch and and los angeles did nothing did nothing but just crap in their pants well, you watching can't, you can't win if you shoot yourself in the foot over and over again i mean what i'm looking at here is this turnovers number they lost a fumble oh, and the three picks that philip rivers picks. Throwed. that's four turnovers they gave alex smith four more chances than ideally he would have had and they had score. the same amount of first downs so the production was there it was just what they did what they did with those opportunities and, and, and frankly squandered them. Uh, not good at all. The third down efficiency was 36%. Their total net yards was 307 compared to 397 for the Kansas City Chiefs. So, it, it again, just those game of inches that just make big gains in the uh, in the overall score and uh, just not getting it done, simply put. So for them to uh, have a chance in the playoffs, they obviously need to win out, which means winning their next game, which is this Saturday? I believe. Is that mm-hmm. correct? What do they got yeah. going on? So this week they are playing. No, the, it is Sunday. It is the Sunday game. They are playing the New York Jets. The Bryce Petty-led New the York Bryce Jets. The Bryce Petty-led. In fairness, the Jets' defense played out of their minds against New Orleans this past week. I give a lot of credit to that young Jets defense. They were up against an offensive juggernaut. And, and yes— Their safeties are amazing. The, their safeties are very good. And, yes, you know, the Jets didn't—okay, they you know they weren't able to stop Drew Brees uh, at the end of the day. They, the still, they still lost by, you know, 12 points. But they put up a hell of an effort. I don't think—at least, at least from the offensive side of things— this is going to be uh, an easy game for them because the Chiefs aren't necessarily that much better defensively than the New York Jets are. I I think this is going to be a tough game for them. They need to make sure they don't turn the ball over as much as they did this time around. And the pass rush has to be there. Bryce Petty is already a bad quarterback, so you don't have to try that hard to make him look terrible. You can take advantage of the offensive line and really get Bosa and Ingram putting pressure on those those guards out on on the far ends and get the edge rush coming in. I think Bryce Petty is going to have a long day filled with picks. I think this is going to be a very interesting 
interesting game, and it will show you how much of a handle Anthony Lynn has on this team because, as we said, that is a deflating loss that they just had, and it's very easy for them to say, well, that's the season, and simply not show up for this New York Jets game. And the Jets, even under Bryce Petty, showed up for that New Orleans game and will punch you in the mouth if you don't take them seriously. So I could see LAC making some easy mental mistakes early and losing this Jets game, which scares me. Braga, what are you seeing? We talked about it last week with the with the kicking game. One again, one missed extra point by this kicker. Ridiculous. I, it's it's We just praised him last week. We right? called him the kicker. We just called him the guy. But you know what? It's just those little things. We have talked about Anthony Lynn just tightening up, just tightening things up a little bit. And these close losses uh end up becoming W's, but it just none of it's uh happened. And they just they gotta go out this week against New York and they just gotta prove to the fans and to themselves that they're they're not they're they're gonna be a team yeah. in the future that yeah. you're gonna beat that you're gonna need to need to circle your, that on the calendar and be ready for because I still think Philip Rivers has got stuff in his tank. This team's got got the pieces it needs to be a contender for their division because this is not a great division. Let's remember that this is not I mean, a great division. We said no. it was the best division in sports coming into the season. We, we did. I mean, well, and, and this is just another example. You know, sort of to, to wrap the Chargers discussion up. This is just an example of the fact that the Chargers cannot win when it matters. Yes. They couldn't win when it came down to it, in the, and we talked about this at the beginning of the season when they were losing by two, three points because they couldn't get a field goal through or whatever the reason was. That win streak they went on, those four games, most of those were blowouts by more than one possession. Uh, and and those were, you know, those are, of course, they're going to win those games. And they were against teams they should beat, the Bills, the Cowboys, the Browns, the Redskins. Uh, you know, the, these are teams that you can and should beat, that they can and should be beating. The Chiefs, they're a division rival. You must beat them. And when the oh, going got tough, when the time was for them to win, they did not and they could not. Maybe oh, that speaks two. to Anthony Lynn's inefficiency. Maybe that speaks to inconsistency among the team. I don't know, but they need to win when it counts and they haven't been doing that this season. No, they have not. Since 2015 in the AFC West, the Chargers are 3-14. and 14. Awful. Their counterparts, the Kansas City Chiefs, 15-2. and two. That's the difference right there. As for this week, Awful. I believe the LA Chargers beat the New York Jets, but you cannot, you cannot overlook this team and give up on your season. Dangles, who are you picking? I, I think because Bryce Petty is the quarterback of the Jets, the Chargers win. If Josh McCown were under center, different this would story. be a very Absolutely. different football game, and I think I might even be inclined to pick the Jets based on this uh, this this past performance by the Chargers. Braga? I'm going to go with the Chargers. Uh, I just, you know... You just get the W, man. You just have to. get the W. You have to. Moving on, the Rams. The Rams played probably... I've never been more excited about a team not named the Green Bay Packers than I was watching this L.A. Oh, Rams team just take it to the Seattle Seahawks. Up 13-0 with halfway through the first quarter. Todd Gurley putting the stamp of approval in the game, running untouched for the final touchdown of the first half, and Sean McVay screaming down the sideline in exultation. It was amazing. It was an amazing, amazing game. Dangle, stat me up. Oh, this was really, really ugly. Just an absolute bloodbath. The Rams defeathered the Seahawks 42-7 to in Seattle, too. This was in front of the 12th man. This is a stadium that literally registers on the fucking Richter scale, and they just could not get it done. Jared Goff, 14-21 for only 120 yards. Not a prolific day for him through the air, but he didn't need to be. He threw two touchdowns and a pick, but we can overlook that because Todd Gurley had maybe the game of his young career. Yeah. 21 carries for 152 
two yards, three rushing touchdowns, and add on a 14-yard pass that he got from Jared Goff as well for four total touchdowns from scrimmage. Uh, Robert Woods, your leading receiver for the Rams, six catches on 45 yards and welcome a touchdown. Back. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome, welcome back. Rob. Russell Wilson also, and a credit to the Rams defense for being absolutely suffocating, keeping Russell Wilson in check. He was 14 of 30 for 142 yards, just one touchdown. He's, of course, their leading rusher on five carries for 39 yards. And you're running, oh, they're running back. J.D. McKissick was their leading receiver. They could get nothing going offensively, the Seahawks team. I think well, that's, you know, they ran it, into a buzzsaw is what happened. Yeah, they ran into a buzzsaw, and his name's Aaron Donald. Not one, not two, but three sacks of Russell Wilson in the game for Aaron Donald, slowly putting together, or quietly putting together, a remarkable season on Defensive the Defensive player end. of the year in my book. Candidate. He's definitely a candidate. Uh, guys... Other than just pure joy, what did you take away from this game? I watched this game from start to finish, and I told you guys this, and I have to share this with a lot of our our, our fans uh, listening, some of whom will will feel what I'm putting out there. I've never, never watched a Detroit Lion game like that. I have never seen my Detroit Lions just flat out go to their rival, go into their stadium, smack them across the face, not once, not twice, but three times, just for good measure, and walk out of there knowing that they're not just they're just not the better team, but they're going to be the better team for a decade. Yeah. That's the end of the Seattle Seahawks reign in yeah. the NFC West. It's they, over. They came in, they took your girl, they took they copied your homework and then they walked out. And I got to give Sean McVay a whole lot of credit because there was a point at which this game was going to start was going to get nasty. There was pushing, there was shoving, there was a lot of extracurricular activities. He called a timeout. Called a timeout, pulled his team together and looked at every one of them in the eye and told them, "You better cool it. We've got too much to lose." To, to lose our temper to this team. And he and from that point out, they played a clean game. Amazing. They played a straight game. I mean, game. imagine being on Amazing. that side of it, though. You lose to the Jaguars one week and then the Rams the next week. Two teams that just a year ago, you they could not find their way out of a paper bag if you drew them a map. I Before mean, we move on to what the Rams have this week, there's trouble a-brewing in Seattle. There's quotes coming out with Earl Thomas and Bobby Wagner fighting on Twitter of all things, about Earl Thomas making comments that Bobby Wagner shouldn't have played in this game coming off a hamstring injury, and Bobby Wagner tweeted, then deleted, keep your name out my mouth, or out, keep my name out your mouth. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Regardless, that team has been built on being the cock of the walk and bravado and chest out and yelling at everybody, but when the infighting turns on themselves, that's scary, and Pete Carroll better keep it under control. Well, and this really, for me, uh, you know, my takeaway from this was if there was any doubt in anyone's minds about the Rams, that should be gone now. This was the biggest win of their season so far. This was a statement win for the Rams. This was them putting their foot down and said, we are the team to beat in the NFC West. One more game to win, and and you have. One more. One more game to win, and you have that NFC. FC West. So who do they have this week? It's the Tennessee Titans. Yes, they do. Brad guy. I really just want them just to go in there and just wipe them out. Another road game. This one's in Nashville. Tennessee so. stinks. Tennessee is not very good. Tennessee Marcus Mariota stinks. is bad, and their run game is ineffective, and their pass game is ineffective, and their defense is not good enough for them to get by but on this, their laurels. But the thing is, is that this is a team that is very, first off, this is a team that is fighting for the playoffs, and they are going to be angry and ready to go because yes. they've got too much to lose. Yes. And and Marcus Mariota, I mean, don't sleep on that guy. Just He's had a bad don't. year, but it doesn't mean a, he can't have it, a good game. Exactly. And Marcus Mariota is a is a rare breed of a quarterback who could literally run run by you yeah. if you're not watching. Yes. So Aaron Donald, who was being double teamed at, at Seattle. It was unbelievable. 
I want Aaron Donald to do the same thing he did last game and just put to rest everything mm-hmm. and have another great game because I truly believe he is the defensive player of the year and I think it's very they're very 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 capable at keeping this Tennessee Titan team uh, on lockdown like some of the other teams have shown this week. No reason to believe that they shouldn't be able to do that again. I uh, I agree with you, man. I mean, this Tennessee team, as bad as they've been playing, they do have a good rush defense, but so did Seattle. And the, uh, Tennessee has been inefficient at uh, at offense, but they can run the ball well. It hasn't been good as of late. I think it's going to be closer than you think. I think, as you said, Tennessee's going to be fighting for something, but I think you just got to keep that Gurley train going. Gurley ran over the one of the best defenses of note in the NFL. For a long time, Seattle's been the best, especially at stopping the run. And even earlier this year, Gurley could do nothing against them. And Gurley said, eh, different day, different and day. And I, I'm bringing my lunchbox. We're going to work today. And he's got to do the same against Tennessee. Braga, what are you thinking? I mean, it dangles. Uh, I think, well, you know, as you mentioned, the Titans do actually have a, a pretty good run defense, at least statistically. Uh, and so, I mean, Todd, yes, like again, the Seahawks did, did as well, and Todd Gurley ran all over him. But uh, because because they have such a good defense, I think this has to fall back on Jared Goff a little bit more. I think he has to take it to the secondary of the Titans, which is not very strong. No, I think not. he, I think, uh, I think he has to, you know, be finding his guys all day long. This is going to be, I think, a matter of whether Jared Goff is on or not, mm-hmm. and and really whether or not the Rams underestimate. I think the Titans. I, I really hope they're not heading into this game feeling complacent, feeling like they're on. Top of the world that no one can touch them, that they're too good to beat, that we, you know, we're hanging 45 points on every team each game. That's the kind of mindset. And I, Sean McVay is is smarter than this. And I, I know, I know, I in my heart, I know that Sean is smarter than this to to let them get to that point. Because once you get there, that's how you start falling into trap games and yep. you start losing to teams that you shouldn't be down the stretch when you need to be making a statement. So I think that if, if Jared Goff has a good day through the air, if he can throw for over 300 yards, I think uh, and take advantage of that secondary, I think the Rams are going to win this. I liked right. watching Robert Woods back in action. I he, think he yeah, was yeah, a big, big difference maker, and I think that's going to be a big play against the Tennessee Titans. So who are you guys picking? I'm picking the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I got the Rams in this one too, for sure. I agree with you. We're all on the Rams. We're all on the Chargers. That is the battle for Los Angeles. We only get one more battle before we go to the playoffs, guys. Where's everybody at on this meter, by the way? We haven't really We haven't done it in a couple of weeks, yeah. Uh, we started off this year uh, where we wanted to do a meter where if you were a 1, you were a diehard Chargers fan. If you were a 10, you were a diehard Rams fan. And you, we decided every week what number you were at. I don't think you can be anything but a 10 right now. I don't think you can be anything but a 10 right now. And that's nothing against the Chargers. They just aren't doing that. That win for Los Angeles Rams was Beautiful. captivating. Beautiful. Captivating. Well, you have you have two very, you have the same scenario and two very different outcomes. Both teams needed to make wins to get, to, to make statements and to bolster their playoff chances. The Rams did it. The Chargers did not. And and that's kind of been the story of this season when yeah. we come back to it. When we look at all of the things, the questions that have been, you know, who's doing what at what point, usually the answer for us has been the Rams did it this week, the Chargers didn't. And, mm-hmm. and, and nobody could have convinced us, I think, if Jer- that Jared Goff would be out playing Phillip Rivers. No, think he, about he that. Should, he wins most improved player in the NFL this year. I, I think, don't know. By, Case by, well, you know that's that's just we're, the we're thing. gonna do during during our. What Pro do you think Bowl Jeff Fisher's doing right now? He's watching <laughs> watching Jared Goff, Case Keenum, and isn't there a third third Nick Foles? All yeah. <laughs> all during, have stellar seasons during our Pro Bowl week, the week in between the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship game. The Left Coasters will be doing their own award section where we will be handing out our MVPs, our most improved, our whole award section. So ponder on that thought mm. for a bit. Jared Goff's definitely in the conversation. You know who else is in the conversation for a big time award? That's Sean McVay for coach of the year. Oh, absolutely. Hell yeah. Absolutely in the conversation. Shoe so in. Let's move on now to everyone's favorite except for Tony Cavallo's 
p- uh, part of the show, and that's the weekly pick'em. And now we are here for the weekly pick'em. Tony Cavallo, myself. I went nine and seven last week, and I am holding on to that bronze. I will not do any better than third place in a game of three. I am 128 and 96 on the season. Bry Guy and Dangles, though, are fighting for the lead, and Bry Guy took a slight advantage going 12 and four last week. Dangles went 11 and five. Dangles sits at 140 wins, 84 losses. Brian, 141 wins, 83 losses. One game separates the two of you with 32 more mm. to select. Wow. We're selecting 16 right now. All of us pick the Chargers. All of us pick the Rams. No more Thursday night games. Let's move on to business. Brian Guy. All right, so start on Saturday. We've got the Colts at the Ravens. By the way, Joe Flacco, he's a December quarterback. This is an important game. For, this is a really important game for Baltimore. This is a really, really important game for them. If they uh, they win this game, they move on to uh, move to nine and six against a Colts team that is you know not fighting for a playoff spot or anything like that. That doesn't mean that they're not going to show up. Uh, but this is a really important game for Baltimore, and it's at home, and that's why I'm picking the Ravens. Baltimore Ravens. I'm going with Baltimore as well. Baltimore Ravens on the hot hand of Joe Flacco. Get out of the way. I have to say, I have a suggestion for the rest of this. Dangles just went first right now. I think you two should alternate who goes first on each pick. So I'll go first to get my bullshit out of the way, and then you guys can decide between the two of you. So I'll go first (laughs) next time. Sure, yeah. All right. Next game, we've got the Vikings at the Packers Mm. on that Saturday. Uh, Brett Hundley's playing, so I'm going with Minnesota. I'm going with Minnesota as well. Yeah, same. That was an easy one. Next, we've got the uh, start of the Sunday games, my Detroit Lions at the... Marvin Jones is still the coach. He's just not... Like Marvin Lewis, yeah. Marvin Lewis, excuse me. Cincinnati Bengals. No, Marvin Jones is your wide receiver. Yeah, he's my. He's my he's, <laughs> he he's might my... as well be the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's Cincinnati Bengals. Tony, who tell you, got? Cincinnati's definitely fighting for Marvin Lewis, giving them good good signs on the way out. Jesus Christ, that team's falling apart. Going with Detroit, Dangles. This is a, a, a matchup of prolifically bad rushing teams, like the two worst teams in the. Oh, NFL the Lions have given up. In terms They're not of even rushing. pretending, this is not good. Um, ah, this this is again, this is another really important game for Detroit. They need to win this to stay in the conversation. Um, I am going to pick Detroit to oh, win this game. Oh, man, I really was hoping you were going to pick I'm Cincinnati. Pick, no, I'm picking the Lions, man. I like the Lions to win this. This is uh, this is a sneaky win for them. They don't have to travel far for this game. Uh, and I just, you know, I think this Cincinnati is a trap stinks. game. This is a trap game. This is the game where you overlook and you just go, "Yeah, they should win this." I'm this is a this is a hopeful lion uh, um, calling. But yes, like please, just don't. Don't fall apart on us. All right, five games so far. We're all the same. Keep going. Okay, Dolphins at Chiefs. Dolphins at Chiefs. I mean, Jay Cutler. Jekyll and Hyde, Jay Cutler, man. Jekyll and Hyde. Do you think he comes back next year? I, I don't think he does. I think he goes into the booth. Uh, I think he should have stayed Tannehill's in the booth. Tannehill's healthy, they don't need him. Yeah, Tan- and uh, Matt Moore is a perfectly serviceable backup. We've seen that time and time again. I'm, the one thing we haven't seen is Jay Cutler be consistent. I don't think he plays for the Dolphins next year, but I... I feel like he sneaks himself onto another team. Well, no, that's the thing. Nobody signed him this year. It's not like he wanted to go to the booth. And he, he had the same same thing's going to happen. Everyone's going to be like, yo, Jay, you want to come over here? No. Our we don't want Jay. It's hard to watch um, a guy with so much gifted, just given talent be so just mediocre at something. Yeah, like it's a, just it's so a puss face okay. effect. Uh, I'm going with Kansas City. Uh, same. I'm going with Kansas City as well. Next, we've got the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. Uh, New England. Yeah, this game's at Gillette, New England. New England. Okay. 
All right, here we go. First tough game, I think. The Browns at the Bears. Yeah, this is the first tough game between two teams who are just utterly terrible. I, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I want to keep picking Cleveland in hopes that they will win, but Chicago's defense is too good, and Kaiser is that bad. They're going 0-16. I'm going with Chicago. Uh, Brag, I go first. I'm going to go with Chicago. Yeah, Bears. I don't think the Browns can pull this one off. And uh, th- at this point in the season where I'm actually still trying to compete to win this thing, I am not picking the Browns. <laughs> with this loss, with this loss, the Browns will secure the first overall pick. And since December 15th of 2015, there have been three Star Wars movies and only one Cleveland Browns victory. Really quickly, Brian, you're way too early. Big Bowserini, big board. Who's going first to the Cleveland Browns? Uh, it's a quarterback. It's going to be either Darnold or Rosen. You think, you think Whoever has the, the better combine. Rose, the, uh, uh, Darnold may not come out. So, I mean, and there has been word that, I mean, it's kind of a rumor more than anything else that he has explicitly said he will not come out if the if the Cleveland Browns are picking number one overall. Well, the Browns are going to have to get number one overall. And they've got the number five overall pick, too. Oh, man. Maybe they, they can turn it. If this was the NBA, they'd be all set. They'd be the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. Trust the process. Trust the process. Next, we have the Buccaneers at the Panthers. Tampa Bay was feisty in the Monday night game against Atlanta. Feisty James, enough to beat Cam. Is it enough to beat Cam at home? I'm just saying, James Winston played probably the best game of his season. Uh, they still don't have a running game. Doug Martin sat was a coach's decision to sit in that game, so they put the load on Peyton Barber. Who? Just a weird situation going on in Tampa Bay. Carolina looks so good against Green Bay. I'm going with Carolina. I'm going to go to Carolina. I don't... Yeah, no, this is at home. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be able to squeak this one out. Plus, Carolina is also, you know, still, they understand that their their playoff hopes are not necessarily secure either. You know, those yeah. Atlanta Falcons are still hanging around back there. So See, uh, when, I, when I peaked at this schedule for week uh, 16, I did... I thought that we were going to do this. There's nine games up right now. We've all picked the same for all nine games because I think there's a lot of these teams. We know who's good. We know who's bad. If it took us long enough, but yeah. there, that also means if we're all picking these games the same way, we're going to be wrong. There's going to be some upsets here. Well, so moving on. The other thing, too, to keep in mind is that these are divisional games, and we know who the shit teams are in each division. Yeah. We yeah. know the Tampa Bay is the bottom of this uh, AFC South, which leads us into our next matchup against the Falcons and the Saints. Nice Where is segue. this at? At... New Orleans. New Orleans hosting the Falcons. This one's tough because both these teams, obviously, important to both of them. They need to win. Atlanta just looks dicey. I'm going with New Give Orleans. Give me New Orleans all day. Yeah, same thing. I'm definitely, I need them to win for my gravestone pick to say, to say salient, stay salient. Well, I also think the Saints know that they don't want to see the Falcons in the playoffs. They just don't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard enough to beat one of your own division teams in the playoffs. It's another thing to beat a team that you've beaten a couple times in a row. You got it. You, you want to put them in the ground when you well, can. This is a team that's got a defense too, and that's you know that's going to carry. Them I don't want to play the Falcons in the playoffs. I can't. I don't want to play New Orleans in the playoffs. No, sure the NFC playoffs are going to be so much fun. Yeah, every game is going to be a good one. Uh, next, we have the Broncos at the Redskins. Hey, Brock Osweiler looked good. Granted, it was against Indianapolis. Every once in a while, Brock Osweiler looked right? good. <laughs> yeah, the broken clock's and, right twice a day. And Washington you know. looked good. Uh, 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 I think these both these teams, I have no idea. I'm going to go with the team I thought would be so much better coming into the season. Brock Osweiler and Denver win this game. I'm also picking Denver uh, go in with- this game. I like the Broncos to come in here and sneak when the Redskins are just bad. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Redskins. They pulled one, they pulled one out. Um, we have a difference finally, and, and I think where the difference, where it lies with me anyway, is I think uh, Gruden's fighting for his job. Yes, I think he he has to hold this team together, and I think these guys like him. So I feel like they're gonna they're gonna have to come out and fight for him, if not for themselves and for a position in the playoffs. I think the Broncos are done. I, I think they're all just kind of fooling around, playing with you know house money at this point. Uh, next we have the. 
Oh, middle of the uh, this is the start of the afternoon games. Jaguars at 49ers. This is actually going to be a good game. Good on the, four, uh, the Jaguars and the 49ers. Both teams that I'm just happy that they're winning. It's I kind think, of fun. I and think hey, San Francisco. Good on Blake Bortles. Yeah, he's played decently. He has. He had a he's had a couple good games. He shut up Jadavian Clowney. Did you hear Jadavian Clowney had some not so nice things to say yeah, about Blake? Called him trash. Called him literal trash. And he diced him. And he said, I, "I was wrong. I was wrong about that guy. He did his job against us. Good for him." Man, I don't know who to pick in this game. Really? Because Pretty Jimmy's playing. Pretty Jimmy's a different team. Pretty Jimmy's a different Pretty team. Jimmy. Makes San Fran a different team. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that we love Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo's yeah, not dicing I, the Jaguars' I, I, defense. Yeah, we can't. had this conversation, and it truly, uh, again, I'm, 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 I'm promoting the off-season podcasts that are coming, but we had this conversation where I was watching Sunday football. How many quarterbacks would you take right now over Jimmy Garoppolo? And the, the, the real conversation started around number eight. The real conversation oh. started around number eight. Jimmy's I mean, impressing if people. this is a different team, yes, he is. But so the Jaguars' defense has been unbeatable this year. They the, Their mm-hmm. secondary has been Jalen Ramsey and 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 Barry Church and Tayshawn Gibson and, and uh, oh, who am I missing? A.J. Bouye have been absolutely devouring wide receivers alive this year. And the 49ers are short at the wide receiver position. Really, all they need to do is lock up Marquise Goodwin because— uh, they don't have much else outside of that. I mean, mm-hmm. Jimmy G is going to find some, you know, some spots here and there. Sure, he'll find some daylight, some soft spots in zone coverage. But I, I just don't see a world where he takes the Jaguars' defense to town. Of, I'm picking Jackson. Out of all these games that we just listed, other than New Orleans, Atlanta, this is the game I'm most excited to watch. I truly am. It's I'm excited be to see Jimmy it against really an elite is. defense. I'm picking Jacksonville as well. I'm picking Jacksonville, and I feel like you got to remember, uh, Fournette did not play last week. He did not. So they didn't uh, need him to. They didn't. No, oh, I, he may not clearly play not forty-five to seven. But seriously, like if Leonard Fournette plays, I mean, if Blake Bortles plays that well with Leonard Fournette behind him. I don't know anybody who's going to beat them anytime soon. Well, they're just, and then that's just the thing. They're not just winning. Like they're not just. This, this is the same thing it's with the Rams. Team. They're not just squeaking out W's and 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 stacking them one up another. No, they're winning by 20, 30 points a game mm. consistently. Mm. Can't wait to bet against them in the playoffs. What's next? <laughs> we are too. Uh, next, we've got the Seahawks at the Cowboys, my favorite game of the week. Yeah, I, I truly think Seattle's done. I truly think there's too many injuries on both sides Zeke of the ball. Zeke Elliott back And this Zeke week. is back, man. I don't even think Dallas would need Zeke to beat this team. I think Dallas wins. I really think Seattle's dead. I'm going with Dallas as well. Man, this is. Um, I dare you to pick the Seattle Seahawks. I, I want to. I do. Even with Zeke back, I, I mean, they, you know, they do still have a, a solid running defense in in Seattle. What they what they don't have that the Rams and the Jaguars did was a pass rush that made Russell move his feet and have to create magic. And Russell can on occasion, but it, it became too much in the Rams game. Dallas does not have that, and Russell will have more time in this game. Yeah. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel oh, for Seattle. Oh, and here. I realize that. Well, and I also think that, I mean, just knowing what I know about Seattle as a franchise, Pete Carroll is going to be pissed after that last game. That defense, those leaders, you can obviously tell Bobby Wagner uh, and, and Earl Thomas going at one another, they, they're going to be pissed as well. Um, you know what? I'll go ahead and pick Seattle. I Woo, like it. Let's we do it. Why not? To do it. Let's Good game. do it. Let's do it. Why two not? I think it's a, I think it's leaders. a good one. Two differences. We'll keep it a little bit different. Uh, I think Seattle plays with fire. I think they're mad. It's not a bad pick. And I think I think Russell shows why he's Russell Wilson and why he can beat you on every facet of the offensive side of the ball. Not a bad pick, Dangles. I'll be looking at that game intently. I don't feel great about it, but hey, let's let's differ it up a little bit. Hey, would it be surprising if we were having this conversation when we all got back from our lovely Christmases that that the Seattle Seahawks are somehow still in this? Not at all. Absolutely. It not. wouldn't surprise me. No, it wouldn't anybody. shock me in, in the least. You have them in the NFC Championship game. 
I did. If not the Super Bowl. In fact, I think you may have had them representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Well, well, we, we all, we I was going to say this before mistakes. I half their defense. We, yes, we all made We mistakes. definitely did. Move on. All right. Next, we got the Giants at the Cardinals. I'm going. I'm going with Cardinals on this one. I mean, Drew Stanton's back. That's good. But the Cardinals, really man, the Cardinals racked up so many yards of offense and then just couldn't convert in the red zone. Turnover after turnover. Giants played. They showed up an against the Eagles. Amazing game against Philly. An amazing game against Philly. I too am picking Arizona. Hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, yeah, no, I'm picking the Cardinals. The Giants aren't going to win this game. <laughs> yeah. If it were in New York, I think that, I might, might, yeah. that might sway me in a different direction. But. Right now, before we move on, uh, if you t- say these are the only two coaching vacancies, where would you want to go? The Giants or the Bengals? Where would you want to go? Giants. Bengals. I truly don't know. I think I think there there are pros and cons. Wait, time out. There's you're telling me with, with that defense, they've got they've got Landon Collins, they've got a heck of a like core group of players. The defensive line is solid. They got a great wide receiving core, and 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 all you need to really think about. I mean, they put, put some money into a good tight end too. All you really got to think about is where you what you want to do with Eli if you want to go to another quarterback and just get the best offensive lineman in the free agency you can. That defense, that defense has been uh, there have been you know whispers and and back and forth amongst the players in that locker room about lack of effort on that defense. Well, they, you combine they, that they, with they 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 clocked out when once Eli was was sure. In question but as I mean, a what's to say that's going to change? You've got a guy who's Nothing. got substance abuse issues and off the field problems in Janoris Jenkins. Uh, you know, I mean, yes, Landon Collins is 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 great. I just I don't see that there there are so many question marks on that. The the Giants have have been stupid with their draft picks over the last several years. They haven't invested at all in their offensive line. Like yeah. that should be their entire draft next year. Well, they year, have. They've just offensive missed. line. They've missed. I think the cupboard is bare in both places, but I, I would... think you've got something to work with though in Cincinnati. You've got a, a good quarterback in AJ Andy McCarran. Dalton who is still young. You've got AJ Green one of the elite receivers in the NFL. You have an opportunity in Joe Mixon, who a lot of people are, are are calling one of the best young rushers that they've seen in a long time. I just think there's a lot more to work with. They've got a they've got a solid defense. They've got some stalwart guys on there like Pac-Man Jones and Geno Atkins. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot more to work with in Cincinnati if you wipe that slate clean as far as coaching I would, vacancies. Give me Shepard Smith I and would, Odell and Ingram all day. I would lean towards Cincinnati simply because at least I have a known commodity at quarterback than an unknown one in Eli Manning. Then again, you got that draft pick coming up. You could take second the quarterback overall. of your choice. They're second overall. So, right I don't now. know. We'll, we will break down the coaches too when the offseason comes along. Where would you like to go? But let's move on after this game. Next, we have the games on Monday, December 25th, 2017, Christmas. Christmas. Santa Claus has come to town. With football. With football. Two games, to be specific. Steelers at Texans to start us off. Well, I mean. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh wins this game. They they got they got Nothing. they feel they got shafted at the end of that Patriots game. I think you've had a lot of Steelers fans who would probably argue that they that they did and that the Patriots are cheaters and blah 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 blah. I've heard I, it all before. I truly believe Bill O'Brien's getting fired. Yeah, I truly believe. Well, he's but fired. you know, here's the thing. This is I think this is his first losing season. He has led the play the Texans to a winning season and and I think the playoffs in I I don't want to say all of the seasons that he's been coached but he's actually been successful I disagree I don't think that you can take a snap this one year snapshot of his career I Dude, wouldn't if Hugh Jackson doesn't lose his job he, Bill O'Brien should not lose his job I, because with Deshaun Watson they got a team There's there's rumors there's rumors floating around well, that him and anytime, the GM don't get along and the GM is an owner is the buddy of the owner so the odd man out there is Bill O'Brien who are you picking this game Brian I, I'm picking the Steelers but anytime you get blown out by your your rival, the Jacksonville up-and-coming Jaguars, 
45 to 7, there's going to be rumors. But I don't think he loses his, his I job. I hope he doesn't. I like him. I don't think he loses his job because I, I would say, who can you pick up on the market that's better and can work with Deshaun Watson? I would love him in Green Bay. Capital L love him in Green Which Bay. Which is why he's going to stay in Houston. Last game is the Raiders at the Eagles. The Raiders... Sad done. team. Do, They're would, done. Would you call them the most disappointing team? Maybe next to the New York Giants. Oh, I think. No, it's I think they're the more. Dis- I think they're more disappointing you, than the Giants. Really, the Raiders. People were picking the Raiders as Super Bowl champs. People, there were there were people that were saying Giants could contend, but you had so many teams in the NFC that was scary. But second yeah, overall, Raiders, and they went It down. was supposed to be Raiders versus Patriots. Everyone was they, yeah. penciling that into the AFC Championship: Raiders versus Patriots, and the Raiders. Absolute dog shit. Absolute dog shit. And not a lot of injuries to boot. Uh, granted, would, Amari yeah. Cooper's been missing, but they didn't start off with Odell Beckham-like injuries What's in that team. What's the difference? Team. Who's here this year that wasn't here last year? Marshawn Lynch. You think mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch is the difference? No. I do. No. no. I, I don't do. know. I, I mean, I, I think t- he's a I, distraction. I brought up this in the beginning. You guys, you guys lambasted you, me for bringing up how much I didn't like Oakland at the beginning of the season, and I gave you stat after stat why they would I'm come back down way. to the fours. Hands up! I was wrong. And I think, well, I think my stats were right. I don't think it's just Marshawn Lynch. I think it was natural curve that they yeah. were coming back to earth, and they fell farther than I thought they would. I think they overshot last year. But Oakland is playing who? Philly. Philly. I think Nick Foles is uh, is pretty good, and I think Nick Foles and Philly win this game, and Nick. Foles Secures the number one overall seed. Keep they, in mind the Eagles still have the sixth ranked defense. Yeah, sixth well, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have known it with all the yards their games. that Eli and Tavares King Easy. were putting up on the board this past week. I, I still like the Eagles to win this. I think Nick Foles looked he looked competent. He looked like Easy. he hadn't missed a beat. He's he's going in there and slinging balls, yep. firing him in there over the middle. He had some really good looking yep. throws. Like like he's been doing it all. Like most most of the time, you see a quarterback come in and they've been sitting on the bench for a while. You can see it takes it takes a couple plays to shake the cobwebs off. Even maybe even a half sometimes. Easy schedule. Nick Foles just slid right in. Like he'd yeah. been doing it the whole year long. The Eagles are on a roll right now. I think they believe in themselves no matter who's under center. Eagles, but they, they didn't have an easy schedule, man. They beat the Rams and the Vikings. Fly Eagles, fly. I, th- I think they've had a relative easier schedule than, let's say, the New England Patriots or other teams that are playing last year's first-place teams. Uh, Philly and Jacksonville will be the biggest, and the Rams, too, will be the biggest question marks heading into the playoffs simply because who have they beaten that are actually playoff teams. It'll be an interesting slate to see. As for the weekly pick there are only two games where Brian and Dangles differ. That is the Washington-Denver game. Brian is on the Redskins. Dangles has the Broncos. And the other game is the Dallas-Seattle game. Brian takes the Cowboys. Dangles takes the Seahawks. So if you paying attention at home, those two games are pivotal to the Pick'em Challenge. And as for Tony, he's just going to win them all and pick first in Gravestones next week. But that's it. That's it for the Left Coasters podcast. We will obviously not be ending this show with Return of the Mac. We might be ending it with another poem, maybe, if uh, if we want to edit that in there. I think you guys like those poems that I gave you, right? All I know is that uh, if the Lions make it to the playoffs, we're doing forward down the field. That's for sure. Well, don't for don't damn sure. Don't ask about the rights to that because there's no chance they make the playoffs. So don't even bother. Don't waste your time. Well, you're, but you're, that's all. Merry Christmas. You were wrong everyone. before. Merry Christmas, and I'll see you uh, next week. Dangles will be running a very special show next week before the new year and before week 17. That's it, guys. Only one more in the regular season, and that's playoff time. Get ready, Rams fans. You're getting playoff football in Los Angeles. Get excited. Woo! See you we're later. On the field. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1. 
a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.